It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson, boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. Oh, Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And we are going to review day number 12 of New York Jets training camp with our friend who covers the Jets for jetsxfactor.com, Mr. Robbie Sabo. Or, as I like to say, Monday Night Sabo, even though it's not actually Monday night. But a reference, of course, to somebody that we both are a big fan of, Mr. Chris Jericho. Monday Night Jericho, the Jericho-holics. All my Sabo-holics in the... 10s and 11s and 12, all of you out there, um, thank you for tuning in. Always glad to be with you, Scotty. We would have needed Chris Jericho at training camp today, Robbie, because there was a fight that broke out and some poor soul, and in this case, that poor soul is Grant Hermans, ended up in a fight with Michael Clemens. That's not a place I would have wanted to be. No, Clemens is one of those dudes, you just you stick out your hand for a handshake and say, have a nice day, you know, and kind of put your stick your tail between your legs and walk away. Uh, it, it's been chippy this week. Uh, Solomon Thomas really got the party started, in my opinion. Uh, was it Monday or Sunday um, this week, earlier in the week, where he kind of started two, uh, not melees, but two gatherings. Uh, I don't know if he intended to do it, but he was, he was a bit uh, edgy. And it's carried through the week. You know, Mims was testy with Isaiah Dunn a couple days ago. So uh, good stuff. Uh, they're, I think they're, they can't wait for Philly Friday. Yesterday, Zach Wilson did pretty well considering how many times he was pressured. He would have been sacked on 8 of 22 dropbacks if there were actual sacks going on. Today, much more of a quick strike offense. Zach Wilson played very, very well. 13 of 16, 5 of 5 in the red zone, including an outstanding play by Elijah Moore on one of those weird arm angle throws by Zach Wilson that was reminiscent of Patrick Mahomes, showing you once again why there were some comparisons between the two when Zach Wilson was coming out of BYU. Corey Davis ended the drive with a touchdown catch. Overall, it's nice to see this kind of progress from Zach Wilson. He seems to be getting stronger as camp is going along. Yeah, that that one throw, that just encapsulates just, I think I butchered that word, but nonetheless, it just, it's perfect for why Wilson is the perfect quarterback in today's league. He just, he could do so many different things off platform, different arm angles. And once he figures out that he can avoid those dark times in his mind, like we saw last year, I think that's when the explosive Zach Wilson will take off. So hopefully that's early this year. Talking about the receivers, Corey Davis not only had a touchdown catch from Zach Wilson, but he had one from Joe Flacco as well. So a nice day. He's really been very impressive under the radar training camp. We talked about this yesterday on the show. 
There hasn't been a ton of talk about him. He hasn't made amazing plays the way that Elijah Moore did last year, but he's been steady, and I'm looking forward to watching him when the season gets going because there's so much attention on Elijah Moore and the rookie Garrett Wilson. Corey Davis could be a really important piece to the passing game. And then with Garrett Wilson today, he had a couple of drops To be expected with somebody who's a rookie first coming into the league. He's looked pretty good at training camp, Robbie, but Garrett Wilson is performing like a high upside rookie more than anything else. Yeah, last year with Elijah Moore, it was exactly as you laid out, but more so eye-popping because it was the Jets, and they haven't had that talent at weapon, uh, you know, a talented weapon like that at receiver in so long. So Moore last year, Gardner, kind of the same thing on the defensive side this year, but to even a larger degree. Um, Garrett Wilson, not there yet, but man, there's so many positive signs you see from this guy. Personally, he reminds me of San Antonio Holmes in a lot of ways. Just the way he moves, uh, the smoothness, the way he runs routes, reminds me of Holmes. Overall perspective, they're very healthy at the receiver group, and uh, that's, that's a really good thing moving forward. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Sauce Gardner once again having himself one heck of a practice. He had a fantastic coverage play on Garrett Wilson, 25-yard pass from Zach Wilson that he was able to stop because he had blanket coverage on Garrett Wilson. And this is the tale of what he's done more or less the entire training camp. Incredibly impressive for a rookie. Also had a funny moment with Zach Wilson, who he's begun to form a close friendship with. Wilson ran in a touchdown, and afterwards he flipped the ball to Sauce, who was in the end zone. Sauce took the ball and tossed it back to him as if to say, "Uh uh-uh, you keep this one. (laughs) Not only is Sauce Gardner playing really well, but he's developing that kinship early on with the key players on the team, specifically Zach Wilson. This is a guy who you immediately identify as somebody who's out of the ordinary. Take one look at him, you watch the way he moves, and you can see he's different. Yeah, dude, the Jets fans are going to legally charge me with a crime if he doesn't pan out. Because <laughs> I, the first time I saw him face-to-face in practice in a team's environment, it was just absurd. At his length, at his height, wingspan, all that stuff, a guy shouldn't be able to move the way he does. I mean, it's just that simple. Change of direction, hips sunken, um instincts even run support the stuff he does in tight spaces shouldn't shouldn't happen and i was telling you earlier it's almost like i'd be shocked if he wasn't a late bloomer where he was a smaller you know smaller kid growing up and he was he just had that quickness but then shot up late maybe like junior year in high school or senior year in high school because i can't figure out any other way around it it's just very rare can you find a guy with that special talent coupled with a football mind and he has a football mind i mean he's his willingness to muck it up and run support is not Deion sanders-esque so i'm I'm doing the best i can to try to hold back but and he's got a long way to go you know navigating through some zone concepts learning learning the league but man he's just got a good one in this kid kicker update robbie greg zerline Made five kicks today from 33, 33, 43, 48, 55. Eddie Pinero made from 33, 33, 48, 55 and missed from 43. So slight edge to Zerline today. This seems to be a seesaw battle. I'm curious to see who wins the job. But as I've said many times, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Robert Sala talked after practice 
and we'll get into the rest of what he said in a little bit, but he did mention that Jets fans shouldn't get upset when the team doesn't go for it on fourth down situations in opposing territory. They're going to want Zerline and Pinero to be attempting kicks so they can have a better idea of who's ahead in the kicking competition. From what you've observed at training camp so far, any particular preference between the two? My preference is Zerline. That was my preference going in, and it, and it still is, although I, I do think it's still a coin flip. You know, Pinero's the incumbent. He had a solid year. You know, he did it for this organization in game situations. Uh, you know, Zerline is just steadier, and it'll ultimately come down to what we see in the preseason games. I think that's what it'll ultimately come down to. Uh, who's better in the preseason games? And the only way it doesn't come down to that is if someone completely has a meltdown in training camp, which I don't anticipate. So I think it's going to be zero line, but I wouldn't be shocked if uh, it goes the other way. Jets had a special visitor at training camp today, Brandon Marshall, who in 2015 had one of the best receiving seasons any Jet has ever had. He was working with the receivers today a little bit. There was a clip circulating of him working on releases with Elijah Moore. Obviously, Brandon Marshall used to use his physicality a lot in that regard, but it was fun to watch that clip of him and Elijah Moore working together. I'm not sure if Brandon Marshall wants to get into coaching, but if he does, certainly a guy of his caliber would have a lot of information and knowledge to share. Yeah, how can you not like Brandon Marshall? I mean, what does he hold the uh, single season receiving record for yards and tied for touchdowns? I think receptions too, but I mean, you look at, you look at this guy's career in life. He, he overcame a lot earlier from his Denver days. It, never did I think he'd be so well-spoken, outspoken, just just love to be a media-type talker and coach, to your point. And I think if he wanted to do that, he could absolutely thrive in that environment. He's just an excellent guy to have around. I was glad to see that the Jets had him today. And uh, working with Elijah Moore is definitely promising. Um, although Corey Davis is more of a Brandon Marshall-esque type guy. But, hey, get to, get to every single one you can on the – on the uh, receiving core that's that's a plus in my in my mind Robbie we mentioned that Robert Salas spoke after practice he talked about the kicking competition also said that DJ Reed will be back next week from his hamstring injury he said the right tackle battle is wide open right now it's between Chuma Adoga Connor McDermott and rookie Max Mitchell, who has a legitimate shot to win it. This, of course, is if they don't sign Dwayne Brown. And if they do that, then you would assume that Brown would take the left tackle spot. Fant would shift back to right tackle. I still think that Dwayne Brown is going to get signed, but until it gets done, they're going to be working the other three guys. Not McDermott right now because he's injured, but when he gets back, he'll be involved. For now, it'll be a Doga and Mitchell splitting time. Salah also mentioned that he's not worried about fights in camp. He said it's like brothers fighting with each other. He said, in fact, he had gotten in an argument with his brother earlier that morning, reminded him of the time that he suplexed his brother during a fight when they were younger. So Robert Salah going back in time, remembering some fights with his brother when he's relating it to what's going on at training camp, because it's true. You're on the same side. You're in the trenches together. But it's hot, it's sweaty, you're going up against each other. These are guys that are very competitive, a lot of testosterone, so these types of things are going to happen. Stone Cold Salah. He's a scary sight, i got to be honest, in the squared circle. And yeah, I had a little brother who I tortured. He tortured me too, so let's let's set the record straight. Um, but 
I think uh, I broke his wrist once when we were messing around in the living room. I think it was a uh, old school Undertaker choke slam. You know, <laughs> where the the dumb little kid, the little brother, put his wrist and hands down to try to brace himself. You can't do that, Danny boy. You just gotta let the choke slam happen. <laughs> but yeah, Solomon Thomas has got just got the party started earlier this week. Uh, picking fights, he goes back with Sally in the San Fran days. If you're a coach. You want to see it. As long as the line isn't crossed and you know when the line's crossed, you want to see that competitive fire. Uh, the sauce, Wilson stuff, as you alluded to, you want to see as much competition as possible because that's the name of the game. You know, no wasted reps, heated moments, competition, making everyone else better. Um, so Salah, he's dead on in his, in his uh, statement there. In terms of the offensive line, I'm with you. I think Dwayne Brown will get signed. I think they're, they're trying their damnedest. Is it up to Brown? Is he holding out for another option? Is he looking for a Super Bowl? I, I don't know what the deal is, uh, what, what the Fant situation is. Is Fant willing to go to right tackle? I think he probably would be, as long as he doesn't think it'll hurt him financially if he has another good year. So that's a question mark as well, you know, because left tackles get more bucks. But, um, you know, in terms of Salah being confident in Max Mitchell, Adoga, listen, I like Mitchell. Uh, he's very young but you'd never want to rely on Mitchell or Adoga right now. You've got to have the depth, especially with Zach Wilson's sophomore year, with those two backs. So I think this is one of those situations where Douglas has to overpay. It's only one year. Don't You won't hurt your future. Just overpay, get it done any way you can. More injury updates to talk about here, but really not updates because it's status quo. We said McDermott is still hurt, and so is Reed. Brandon Eccles, Vinnie Curry, and Ty Johnson remained out with hamstring injuries, so nothing new there. Also scheduled Veterans Day off for both Carl Lawson and John yeah. Franklin Myers. And let's talk about what was said after practice because we did hear from Carl Lawson and Quan Alexander in addition to Robert Sala. Carl Lawson said he got antsy before the scrimmage last weekend and he's really excited for his first live game action as a New York Jet. That, of course, will happen against the Philadelphia Eagles. He said he has the most ridiculous expectations for himself this year. He wants to have 100 sacks and do something that nobody's ever done before. I like the attitude. A little unrealistic, but if he thinks he can get 100 sacks, go out there and try. He said coming back from the Achilles injury is something that he wanted so badly. It was something he wanted as badly as people want to breathe. That is intensity and that is desire right there. Quan Alexander spoke as well, said he has major expectations for himself too. He said he'd like to go to the Pro Bowl, but really he wants to be an all-pro Worth noting that Quan Alexander has never been an all-pro, but he did make the Pro Bowl in 2017. He also ended the presser by saying that everybody should have a legendary day. I like that sentiment. I'm with you, Quan Alexander. I think everybody should have a legendary day. So, Robbie, any thoughts on what was said by Mr. Lawson and Mr. Alexander? <laughs> Mr. Alexander, 100 sacks in a season, that's that's as outlandish as Al Bundy scoring four touchdowns in one single game. I mean, that's outrageous. But, hey, Jets, 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 Jets shoe salesman, four touchdowns. But, listen, Jets fans will take it. They just – they're dripping, waking, you know, waiting it out, aching for Lawson to be on the field. We'll see it Friday. I know it'll make some people nervous. Blewett told me it's making him nervous to see Lawson in a preseason game. I don't blame him. Um, Quan, 
he's a leader. You know, he's one of those solid guys. He's a leader. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but, you know, Salah's all in on this defensive scheme. He's not, it's not about size. It's about gap pressure, gap attacking, and speed, and quickness, and instincts. And Quan's going to be that perfect second nickel, uh, second linebacker in the nickel. Uh, you know, perfect will in the base even with Quincy on the other side. So it, it's the right rhetoric. You know, a constant theme you've seen under the Douglas era and especially Sala era, you know, the last two years is culture talk isn't just talk. They, they really, you know, buttoned up the uh, facility where there's no leaks hardly ever. And then if a leak comes out, it feels like it's, you know, kind of manufactured, which is great for if you're a fan of the organization. Um, and uh, they all say the right things. I mean, there's, there's hardly any ever drama nothing nothing to make you raise your eyebrow where it's a Jamal Adams situation or something nutty so you know they're they're hitting on all cylinders from that front and the other thing which they're paying a lot of attention to is to eliminate injuries and obviously we haven't talked about Becton but Becton I don't think anyone could be super surprised by this news you had to have a contingency plan you know when a guy misses a full year and leaves four games five games his rookie season it's one of those situations. Availability means all the world, everything in this world in football. So, other than Beckton, they've stayed healthy. Salah keeps on knocking on wood on the podium anytime it keeps popping up, and they're really intent on doing that. And they're doing they're doing a good job so far. Hopefully, it continues. Robbie, last thing I wanted to mention: Roquan Smith, the star linebacker from the Chicago Bears, has been removed from the pup list. He will not practice, though. He has requested a trade. One of the best inside linebackers in the NFL. Now, we know that the Jets have both C.J. Mosley and the newly acquired Quan Alexander. They do have Quincy Williams, and they've got Hamza Nasraldine and Jamie and Sherwood, who they're hoping to bring along. But obviously, we know that C.J. Mosley is not going to be here beyond this year unless he's willing to take a significant pay cut. Quan Alexander is here on a one-year deal for not much money. Roquan Smith is the type of player that could have a major impact in any defense. I don't think the Jets are going to trade for Roquan Smith. I don't think they have the cap space. I'm sure they could figure out a way to do it if they really wanted to, but they'd have to give up significant draft capital, plus they would have to pay him a fortune, and I just don't know that Joe Douglas is willing to make a move like that, especially for a player at a non-premium position. So what do you think, Robbie? Yeah. Any chance the Jets get involved in this? I think they'll make the obligatory just checking in phone call, but beyond that, I don't expect anything. Yeah, that it would be a hell of an idea. I mean, plugging in a guy like that in this defense, it makes sense in a lot of ways. Uh, with Douglas, it always comes down to value. But beyond that, it's a unique situation because of Dwayne Brown, too, with the salary cap. So, it, you know, priority number one has to be that tackle and Dwayne Brown. But if that falls through and there's no other options, that tackle, hey, I mean, you never know. Crazier things have happened. So that, that's a hell of an idea, and uh, it would make a lot of sense. Robbie Sabo, co-founder of Jets X Factor. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down day number 12 of Jets training camp with me. Really appreciate it. You've got a ton of stuff up at JetsXFactor.com, including my buddy Joe Blewett and his 12-hour film reviews. Okay, they're not 12 <laughs> hours, but they're pretty long, and you can get them yeah. in their entirety if you're a subscriber to Jets X Factor. What else can you get? Oh, you got Nania's analytics for those who, for those arithmetic fans. I've never been one of them. I never got the greatest grades in math, but he does a hell of a job with the analytics, blew it with the film. 
me doing stuff here and there. It's uh, all at JetsXFactor.com and JetX Mobile on the App Store and uh, Google Play. There you go. Make sure that you subscribe over at JetsXFactor.com. Check out everything they're doing. And check out everything we're doing at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Mr. Luke Grant, has got fantastic all 22 breakdowns on our channel. You can watch all the videos and subscribe if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there. tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and PlayLikeAJet.com. <laughs>